The Lord be with you. Good morning, Javia Churches, and good morning to those joining us elsewhere too. Everyone is very welcome. This is Colin, and I hope everyone is staying well and keeping very, very safe. Come, let us worship together this third Sunday after Epiphany. As we're all aware, the churches are still closed, but we do have the podcast. We also have the video, which is on YouTube, and the link is on the website. So please do look at that. Um, the only other notice is that some people have been asking how to continue to give their offering. And you can either write a check and pop it into Brian, our treasurer, or, or even to the manse. Or else you could pay by direct debit and please get in touch with Brian or with Romy and they'll be able to advise you. And, and Brian's details are on the, the web page. Um, we have our call to worship. God alone is our rock and our salvation. We will not be shaken. Trust in God at all times. We'll pour out our hearts to God our refuge. In this time of worship, let us turn our lives to God and accept the good news. We'll listen for God's call and follow. We have our hymn, first hymn, 104, and this is one of the Psalms, the Lord of Heaven Confess, and we've been having a, a, a little series of Psalms. We'll be having some Psalms in the next few weeks as well. The Lord of Heaven Confess. Thanks to Gordon and Heather for that. Let us pray. God of life and hope, in these still early weeks of the year, 
We gather in our different places and yet mysteriously together to worship you. We come to be renewed by you so that we may be able to renew others. We come to hear in the quiet places of our being that word of love and divine friendship. We come to gain fresh vision so that we may help draw others into the circle of truth and life and service that is your kingdom. Our longings after you are deeply true, O God, but they are not always wholly pure. We confess that we are dusty with sin. We have compromised where we ought not to have. And in those things where love said, give way, we have instead held fast. Forgive us and restore us in the many dimensions of our lives. Make our longings for you and for the life of the kingdom the truth of our lives. And may the word of our hearts and mouths, the action of our hearts, more nearly match our true hearts. And the God of mercy who forgives all sin, forgive us. May this God also strengthen in us all goodness by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so let us be at peace with God and with ourselves and with each other. In the name of Christ our Lord. The same Christ who taught us when we pray to say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Our first reading is from Jonah chapter 3 and reading from verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up and go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. And so Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh will be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. And then we jump to verse 10. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Amen. And the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, and from verse 14. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. 
And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boats, mending their nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hard men, and followed him. Amen. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The hymn 320, or 340, 340, when Jesus saw the fishermen. our weekly prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, today finds us in the midst of the week of prayer for Christian unity. Help us to listen to your voice, still calling us to unity in our diversity. Help us to repent and to believe the good news and to follow Jesus as he calls us again today. Amen. Remember the time when libraries were still open. You could go in and choose a book. You could choose fiction or mystery. You could go to the biography section or the children's section. And so many different types of nonfiction, from travel to gardening. The Bible is often called a library of 66 books. And it has history and poetry. It has biography, it has a collection of letters, and far more besides. And even comedy. Comedy, you raise your eyebrows, or maybe a gentle humour. Certainly I know whenever I read the book of Jonah, there is a big smile on my face. Today we're remembering the week of prayer for Christian unity, but also the 25th of January marks uh, the celebration of the birthday of Rabbi Burns, Scotland's national poet. And Burns had a, a rather uncomfortable relationship with the church, though many of ministers were his friends. But Burns lambasts the Ankagid, those who were a bit hypocritical, those who had a high conceit of themselves. Now, I rather think that Jonah could be termed one of the Ankagid. He was a prophet and no doubt enjoyed the status of being a prophet 
in society. But then God drops a bombshell and he tells Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach. Now, Nineveh was not just up the road. It was thousands of miles away in what is now northern Iraq. But worse, Nineveh was the capital city of Israel's great enemies, the Assyrians. That was the last place that Jonah wanted to go. So he set off in the opposite direction. He went down to the harbour and caught the first boat out going to Tarshish, which would be nowadays Gibraltar, the ends of the earth at that time. And on the boat, he would be happy. He'd have a smile on his face, thinking that he had escaped God, left God back in Israel. But God had other plans. And there was suddenly a great storm. The sailors were terrified. And, and Jonah had to say, well, it was my fault. And they threw him overboard. And the great fish swallowed him up and deposited him. Where? Yes, you guessed it. Right on the doorstep of Nineveh. Jonah learnt that he couldn't escape from God. And in the passage we read today, Jonah is given the same task again to call Nineveh to repentance. And the humour goes on. For in a feat to make Billy Graham or indeed any minister grin with envy, he gives a 30-second sermon and becomes a preaching sensation. Today, he would have millions of followers on Twitter or other platforms of social media. All the inhabitants of the city repented. And if we went on with chapter 3, even the animals wore sackcloth. Now, you would think that would all have made Jonah very, very happy. He had this tremendous success. People were all repenting. But no, he was livid. He was furious. He wanted God to destroy Nineveh. He didn't want them to be forgiven. He didn't want them to know God's love. He wanted to keep all that only for Israel. He wanted to be exclusive. Now, many scholars think that the book of Jonah was written at the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, when some of the exiles returned from Babylon to Jerusalem, and they found that things were in a sad state, but they also found that people had intermarried with just people from, who were living around from different tribes. Some of those returning exiles were quite fanatical, and they wanted a stricter interpretation of the law and wanted people to send away their foreign wives. They felt that God belonged only to them and to no one else. But the writer of Jonah was making a plea for inclusivity, he was making a plea for a greater tolerance. For to to the writer, the exile proved that God wasn't confined to Jerusalem, 
that was with the exiles in Babylon too. God was far bigger than they imagined. And the book of Jonah is suggesting that God's love is universal, that all nations are within God's embrace. People may be very different from us, but that doesn't exclude them from God's love. And that's an appropriate message in this week when we remember Christian unity. People may worship in, in very different ways, but that should be something to rejoice about. And I certainly know in my years abroad, I worshipped in many different kinds of churches and, and really appreciated it. Yes, there are issues that still divide and we can't just gloss over them. We need to be honest about them. But still, there's so much that unites. Let us focus on the call to show God's love to others. Jonah was a, a reluctant prophet. He didn't want others to be forgiven, people who were different. Fortunately, in our gospel, the fishermen were called on the shores of Galilee and they accepted the call to follow Christ. And the whole world was turned upside down. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. And now the hymn 533, Will You Come and Follow Me? Let us pray. Lord God, we bring our offerings before you, our money, our time, our talents, and dedicate them to your service. God of wisdom and integrity, you call your people to live together in joy and in justice. Hear us as we pray for the needs of the world. We pray for those whose faces and stories we've seen in the news this week for those who live in places of fear and war, for those whose decisions affect the lives of the nations. And we remember those making hard decisions about COVID. But also at this time, we thank you for all involved in the vaccination program. 
Pray for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as they take over leadership in the United States, where there's still so many divisions. And in this week of prayer for Christian unity, we ask you to help us to see clearly the divisions in our churches and be willing to engage in honest dialogue with those whose ideas and traditions differ from our own. We pray for the unity of your church. Help us to see ourselves as rays from one sun, branches of a single tree, and streams flowing from the one river. And may we remain united to you and to each other, because you are our common source of life. We pray for the leaders of our churches. And as a church, may we be faithful to your call to work together and to share our resources with those in need. We pray for those who are sick, for those who are sad, for those in trouble, and for all who care for them. We remember those who've died and we pray for their families and friends who miss them so much. And in a moment of silence, we pray for our own needs and hopes and dreams. Lord, hear these and all our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And our closing hymn is 516. We are marching. we have our benediction. May you know God's peace in your heart and in your home, and may you find God's strength in the moments of your need. And may the love of the Father, the grace of the Son, and the friendship of the Spirit be yours today and for every day to come. Amen. <laughs>